Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Uh, we are live here uh, on Facebook, and we're at the Hiawassee Refuge in uh, East Tennessee, uh, Mex County, and we're excited to be here. Uh, we got sandhill cranes behind us, and it's a pretty cool sight to see. And I got Miss Mimi Barnes here helping me co-host today. I'm happy to be here as we're usual. In, we're in Mimi's region, and uh, she always is a, a gracious host and brings <laughs> us in and finds us some guests and finds some people to talk to, and we're excited to be here. Yeah, I'm happy for today. We have a great couple of guests with us today. Miss Nancy Williams from the Cherokee Removal Memorial is yes. here with us first. Yep, Miss Nancy Williams, uh, Cherokee Removal Memorial, like you said, uh, she's been uh, heading that up for quite a while, right? For nine years. We opened in 2009, and uh, the Cherokee Removal Park is a historical park. Uh -huh. It tells the stories of the Cherokee removal uh, from 1838. Uh, so it's a very significant area. The Cherokee, the Blythe Ferry area was the northwest boundary of the Cherokee Nation. So the significance for the park to be there is that the Cherokees were camped there for from August to November of 1838, getting across the Tennessee River on their journey west to Oklahoma. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, the whole area here is gorgeous. If folks haven't been here, we'd really encourage everyone to visit. I have the pleasure of working with Miss Nancy for the Sandhill Crane Festival every right. year. And we've worked together for how many years? Nine years. All nine years that nine you've years. been open. Yes, <laughs> yes. We've participated in the... Sandhill Crane Festival, even before, even before this park was built, uh, we participated. Uh, some of our elders actually put up mm -hmm. tents and came down there and welcomed people when they would make the circuit for the Sandhill Crane Festival. And uh, so it's been going on for as many years as the festival itself has been going on there have been people down there they would park uh put their tents up up at our overlook area uh. which is the, a perfect bird watching area mm -hmm. so uh, we have lots of people that come there for the bird watching uh they actually didn't know we were there till they came here and <laughs> then they would come on over and visit us but uh we get people from everywhere yeah uh, Georgia, Alabama, we've had people from England, from France, oh, from amazing. Italy, wow. from Germany. Uh, we have world travelers that come just for the history and for the bird watching. So, so what are people going to run into when they come over to your, the area? Is uh, there a... Um, uh, things set up for them to look at and learn about oh, the... Oh, yeah. We have a beautiful cabin with artifacts. Uh, we have uh, history panels outside that tell the story of the removal. We have a monument uh, that lists the names of the Cherokee from the 1835 census. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all we had to go go by when we created it. So uh, we used that and it lists the names of all the Cherokees and uh, it's a very, very moving experience. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. It is. I, I said to Miss Nancy before, you know, it's a it's a solemn place of remembrance. It's a beautiful place, but it's also a place that celebrates the Cherokee Nation yes. today. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you have a lot of different events throughout the year. We do. At the um, in December, we had the chief from Oklahoma, Bill John Baker, came by for a visit and. Uh, 
met people and just uh, enjoyed enjoyed visiting with people and being at the location, you know, because this is such a significant part of the Trail of Tears. Mm -hmm. so, so it's and the Cherokee used the island, right? The Hiawassee Island? They did. They had a settlement over there in the early 1800s. Uh, the group that the last Cherokees on the island left in 1819. So... Uh, so um, so we partner with you, and if folks come to the Tennessee Sand Hill Crane Festival, they can come out here to the refuge on the bus, and then the bus also stops at the um, Cherokee Removal Memorial. What, what, um, what do you enjoy about the festival? What do you enjoy oh, about that weekend? It's just a great time to meet people and to uh, talk with them, you know, find out where they're from, what their interests are, uh, you know, people that don't realize we're there, you know, as we participate in the festival, then we get new people every year that mm -hmm. didn't realize we were there, you know. Uh, we are located in a... Um, a remote area, <laughs> so to speak. But it's a, such a beautiful it area. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is. It's a beautiful park. It's very well put together. The historians that were all part of the planning, uh, all the information that's there, the architecture, it's just, it's beautiful. They tell the story of the removal so beautifully. They do. It's, um, it is a very, very nice place to visit. Well, tell folks how they can find it. Highway 60, right? Highway 60. Uh, out of Birchwood, come Highway 60. Uh, we are Shadden Lane. There are, there are big signs there. i seen the know. signs coming in this yes. morning. <laughs> yes, We've, we did get some signs thanks to the state. <laughs> and uh, so uh, you just follow the road all the way back down to the river. You know, once you turn on Shadow Lane, just follow it all the way to the river. And you have yeah. a Facebook page, too. Maybe yes, we, we have Facebook. Yes. Um, so they have a Facebook page, too, that folks can follow. And mm -hmm. um, um, so the the weekend of the Crane Festival, you'll have some Native Americans that come out and share yes. more of their heritage. Yes. We have birding scopes set up at the Overlook with volunteers, and we'll yes. keep a birding list and a species list of all the different species that are being seen because it's not just sandhill cranes, no. white pelicans, golden eagles, at times right. bald eagles for sure, typically yes. uh, this time of year, and many different yeah. uh, types of waterfowl. Yes, a lady came in uh, Saturday and said that she had just seen a bald eagle from uh. our overlook. So, uh. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Fairly common, though. I, uh, I said I've, I've <laughs> sat on the porch for a meeting with Miss Nancy, and we watched a bald eagle flying around before. So a meeting. It was a good meeting. <laughs> it was a good meeting. Was there food involved? <laughs> probably. <Coffee>. Probably. <laughs> the bald eagle attended. Hey, doesn't get any better. But, uh, yeah, we're so grateful for you joining us today. We're so grateful for your knowledge, and um, you give so much to that place out well, there, Well, thank Ms. Nancy. you for thank having you. me. I appreciate you all having us here and talking about the Cherokee Removal Park. It's uh, great to let people know about the heritage and the history of the area. So thank you all very yeah, much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to transition and have Mr. David Haney come in. He's our uh, our statewide conservation bird conservation coordinator. And if I'm distracted at all, there's, it's because the sandhills are coming up here behind us and checking <laughs> us out. I want to be on the show, but it's amazing to watch them. There they go flying off. I don't know if Todd can get a wide shot of that, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty crazy to see these birds and watch them and. It's just fun to be here. It is. Uh, so the slough behind us uh, is a place where they'll um, roost for the night. And it's one of the reasons that they really utilize um, everything on the Hiawassee, uh, all the area along the Hiawassee. Yeah. Well, David, 
thank you for being with us yeah, today. Yeah, of course. Hi, it's great here to be here with you all on the cranes. Uh, David, like I said, he's our, our bird conservation coordinator. I'll make sure I get that right. We were joking <laughs> around about titles earlier. But anyway, uh, David, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do for the agency, and how you how you came to the state of Tennessee workforce. Yeah, well, I've been here about three and a half years now. I came from Colorado where I worked as a science director for it was Rocky Mountain Bird Observatory, and now it's changed to Bird Conservancy of the Rockies. And I worked there, and that's an NGO for about 15 years. And what I mainly did there was design bird population monitoring programs at large spatial scales. So we had, you know, about 13 states involved wow. in the coordinated monitoring effort in the in the West. So it's throughout the Rocky Mountains and a little bit west. I bet that was a cool experience. Yeah, it was fun being out there and, and really getting a handle on and being able to use that information to make management decisions on the ground. Wow. And then coming to the agency, I've been here about three and a half years and just trying to get things started and <laughs> so keep everything you, going. Where'd you grow up? Did you grow up uh, hunting and fishing or just bird watching or what was your No, your actually, background? my story is uh, I used to go hunting with my stepdad. And so we went out and we used to go duck hunting quite a bit. Cool. You know, you get up early in the morning, you're out there and sometimes <laughs> there's nothing around to shoot at. And so <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot up, here in Tennessee. <laughs> 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 so you end up, uh, you know, just looking at birds and that's how I really got into it. Love really birds happen that way. That's uh -huh. awesome. That's pretty cool. Well, we're glad to have you in Tennessee and you do a great Definitely. job for us. And yeah, it's great to be it's here. It's just one of you. I said, uh, it's, it blows me in uh, my mind so often to think there's one of you uh, that deals with all these non-game birds across the state and, and even the sandhill crane. I, mm -hmm. I know you're involved in um, those numbers as well, but they, um, one of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what we... <laughs> what a big we, job. Yeah, and so we have what's called a state wildlife action plan, and that's really, you know, how we determine which species we're going to work with. Each state has one of those, and that's we get additional funding um, through the state wildlife action plan. And so, you know, I think we have... You know, about close to 90 bird species on that list that wow. you know, I'm responsible for trying to conserve. Yeah. How, how often is that updated or did, does that plan, when was that set and how does that plan change over time or does well, it change? Well, we just did it in 2015, so the next one will be 2025, I guess. Okay. So it's reevaluated, look at it, years. and those birds may change on that list. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Cool. So, so right now, um, what are some of the birds that you're looking at? What's some of the studies that you're involved with right um, now? Some of the projects I have going on in this area right now, um, we've been doing colonial water bird surveys where we're looking at um, double-crested comorants and you know, so, yeah, an associated <laughs> species. Um, so we're trying to do a statewide inventory you know, of all the colonial water birds that we have in the state. Um, this past year, we've really been interested in the secretive marsh birds and what's going on with them. So wow. like the rails, um, birds that you know, are hard to detect. And so what we did for that was put out audio recording units here on Hiawassee. Oh. And so we recorded for weeks on end. I think we have about two weeks of recordings. And then we take that information, um, use some software, and it helps us determine, you know, the different bird species that are here. And so, Fascinating. Wow. You know, we're really looking for king rail, which is, um, you know, one of the species of greatest conservation need for us, and then yellow rail as well. So. so so, I know we'll get some questions about the double-crested cormorant. Um, what have you studied and what have the studies revealed so far about this bird? Well, we've basically been looking at distribution of the bird in the state. And historically, you know, I looked at information from the 1930s and they were only detected at Real Foot Lake. And so they were only using that area. But yeah. now, you know, since the 90s, it's really started to expand throughout the state. And we really have them, you know, all over up the Tennessee River, you know, and um, they've really started to expand 
exponentially throughout the state. And that's what you're determining right now, maybe yeah. a management plan or? Um... Yeah, and well, we're trying to determine how that's affecting other species like the black crowned night heron, which is a species of greatest conservation need. And then also, um, you know, just looking at how they're expanding okay. throughout the state. Okay, all right. And then there's a lot of partnerships that go on with all this too. What's what's what are important about the partnerships and in, in your in your research? Oh, we have to. I mean, we definitely have to rely on partners. With you know, just me trying to to <laughs> team up. <laughs> <all of it. laughs> and so it's really important. I mean, we work with all the different states. I mean, we we'll go to Mississippi Flyway meetings. Um, you know, where we work with all the different states in the the region. We go to different joint venture management boards where we participate and work with them to help design, you know, large scale monitoring programs and, and, you know, really try and determine, you know, how we can use management on our wildlife management areas to affect the bird populations. Mm -hmm. You know, we also have to partner with the universities to get some of the research done. Um, and that's really, you know, one of the main people that we have to rely on to help get some of this work done. Yeah. Uh, we use, I know we utilize our, our, our uh, universities quite a bit. They in many, and, yeah. yep, many, many capacities. Mm -hmm. So one of the birds, when um, David and I were chatting uh, last week, one of the birds that you brought up to me was the golden-winged warbler. Yeah. Um, this little tiny songbird. This is a tiny songbird. <laughs> <laughs> What's the importance of the golden-winged warbler? Well, the golden-winged warbler is in decline, um, especially in the southern Appalachia Mountains. And so the University of Tennessee, Dr. Bueller, um, and his graduate students have put um, geolocators on some of the birds. And with these geolocators, you're able to track where the birds go. Um, and so you put them on during the breeding season, then they go spend the winter um, on their winter grounds and come back. So you have to recapture the bird. But then with that information, you're able to determine where those birds are going. And so we found out, the uh, University of Tennessee found out that those birds are going down into Colombia and Venezuela. Wow. And so, I mean, you know, we're only responsible for some of these birds, a lot of the migratory birds, for a portion of their annual life cycle. So, And they're coming here to breed. Right. Uh, you know, that's what's amazing. So when you talk about partnerships, birds don't know state boundaries like all wildlife, mm -hmm. um, but they're really far-reaching at times. Um, so those partnerships mean a lot even outside the state of Tennessee. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. What's the importance? Someone will say, well, what's the importance of a golden wing warbler? Well, I mean, they're very important. I mean, all the birds that, you know, we see, you know, play a role in the the environment and the different niches that they, they occur yeah. in. I always try and tell folks that, you know, um, we talk about game species a lot, obviously, but mm -hmm. um, we're charged with the care of all of Tennessee's wildlife, and the State Wildlife Action Plan really reflects mm -hmm. that and really helps guide uh, and shows the importance of some of these birds um, that someone might not have heard of, like the golden wing warbler. I encourage folks to look it up. It's a really beautiful little yeah, warbler. It is a pretty little bird. Uh, so one of the bigger birds um, that I've talked to David about and, and watched some of the research is um, the Golden Eagle study. Yeah. And that's one that's been a little bit more publicized because, I mean, come on, it's a, go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a Golden Eagle. Uh -huh. it's, it's such a huge bird. So tell, tell us a little bit about that project. Yeah, program. so that project's been going on for quite a while now, and we've been putting satellite transmitters on birds and trying to determine their migratory pathways and, mm -hmm. you know, where they're going to breed. And so... A lot of these birds um, have been captured down at Bear Hollow, um, Cherokee. Um, um, then we also had one at Sequatchie, which yes. is you know the Prentice Cooper WMA, and that's the most recent one that we've put a satellite 
transmitter on. And, you know, we're just trying to figure out where these birds go. And, you know, the majority of them were going up into Quebec to breed. Oh. Um, but when we put this, and so we thought we have it all figured out and we knew <laughs> where the birds were going and everything. And um, then we put a transmitter on a, a sequatchie, which went up into Ontario. Wow. And so, you know, now we're taking all these data. I think sequatchie and one other bird out at... Um, that we banded at Bear Hollow still have transmitters and we're still getting data back from them. But we're gonna use this information to develop um, a publication where we're gonna um, come up with the best management practices for this bird so during when, the winter. So when people contact us um, throughout the year, you know, and, and it's summertime and they're saying they're seeing a golden eagle, what do you know? <laughs> they're probably not around here during the summer. Yeah, so they're, they are coming down yes. here during winter months. Yes. Um, and then they're going up north to, uh, for their correct. breeding. Okay. Aren't there ways for folks to track those birds that are that are transmitted? They have the transmitters on. Can they see the the path that those those? Uh, go yeah, I mean that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. And, I mean we can determine the location. I think it's every fifteen minutes. But uh, isn't there a link on our website that folks can go to if they want to? Oh see yeah, that yeah, path? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So on our um, the watchable wildlife page, yeah. you know, I try to keep that updated on the the migratory paths of these birds. And it's pretty fascinating. Where they're spending the summers. And, so you and can see where, they, where yeah, they're going. Right, it's it is really cool. neat. Uh -huh. Yeah, and if folks go to tnwildlife.org uh, and, and they just put that bird, Golden Eagle, in the search engine, uh, they're going to come, come right to that information mm -hmm. um, because it is fascinating to follow. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the bald eagle. Uh, you know, so we'll start getting phone calls about the bald eagle pretty soon. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> still interested in those. I mean, Bob Hatcher did a great job in bringing those back to Tennessee. I mean, now we have over 200 nesting pairs in the oh. in the state. So. Wow, that's amazing. So, so do you care about sightings? Or I do. Okay, so you want to oh, know about sightings, or do you want to know about nesting? Mainly sites? nest locations. Okay. You know, I do get a lot of sighting information, but what we're really trying to track in Tennessee is the number of nests okay. and the nest locations, so we can monitor those over time. So if someone sees a nest being built or it's a new nest and they know it's a new nest around their home, they can reach out to, to yeah, one of their regional offices. Yeah, I'd love to have that information offices. and okay. put it in the database. So again, tnwildlife.org, scroll to the bottom, and there's contact information, and folks can find uh, their regional office and call in, mm -hmm. or they could call the main Nashville office. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, that's mm -hmm. great information, David. Thank you. Um, so we're here at the Hiawassee Refuge. We're getting ready to talk about the Sandhill Crane Festival. What's the importance of these refuges when when it comes to all these different birds you study from that little tiny golden wing warbler up to the the golden eagle well these areas just give you know the birds a place to rest peacefully and feed <laughs> up and you know get ready for their migration back to to where they're going so it really just serves as an area for them to rest relax and enjoy the winter i guess yeah so um just that a refuge <laughs> <laughs> you were talking earlier about the the other birds who they're going all the way to those other countries where are these Sandhill cranes coming from and where are they going? Yeah, so this is the eastern population of sandhill cranes, and basically these birds will go up and breed around the Great Lakes okay. and then come down here about this time. And um, I guess there's not as many here as it's kind of warmed up here a little bit recently, but mm -hmm. the high count I think on December 15th was around 13,000 birds that were down in this area. Wow. And so that's how we really track and try and figure out you know, what the population is, is by doing these counts. And so we do those counts every couple of weeks. So we can every see see a few that haven't left. They roost overnight and they need a mm -hmm. certain depth of water to stay in for safety or? That's correct. And then they'll keep their eyes towards the 
the land to make sure that they don't uh, get approached. Right? Oh, really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> They're safe on the water and not so safe <laughs> from land. <laughs> uh. So, so this um, area, the refuge, uh, there is a viewing area that folks can drive to at any portion of the year. Um, but we do open it up a little bit more for the Sand Hill Crane Festival. Yeah, we're right here on the Hiawassee Refuge. Uh, the, the viewing tower is just to my left here. Uh, and you can come here just about any time and, and watch these birds or watch any other types of birds that might be here and, and see them. But, yeah, during the Crane Festival, we've got this opened up. People can come down here where we're standing and spotting scopes are set up and all that kind of stuff. Yes, we'll have volunteers uh, not only at the Cherokee Removal Memorial but here at the Hiawassee Refuge. Um, uh, the local ornithological society and a lot of great information folks are willing to share with the public that visits. Um, if folks are interested in finding more about this bird watching in general, they can go to our website. Uh, we've mentioned that. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, definitely go to the website and then um, we also have the Tennessee Birding Trail that shows correct. all the different locations of places that you can go birding in, in Tennessee and it'll give you a description of the site, what you can expect to see at that site location. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really useful tool to even give you directions right on your phone just to get to that site. And so what's the web address for that? Do you get that right? Is this, uh, yeah, TennesseeBirdingTrail.org. Okay. TN Birding Trail. TN, yeah, TN Birding <laughs> Trail. TN, yeah. yeah. We, we say Tennessee. Like, <laughs> yeah, TNBirdingTrail.org. I got you yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and that's the same with our website, TNWildlife.org. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. yeah. That Birding uh, Trail website is really interesting because anybody from the general public can add their um, sightings. So if they're seeing something really unique, it's going to be on that page, correct? Well, well, it's attached to eBird. And so we're using eBird to keep track of all the... the um, detection information right so pretty cool yeah well you want to transition to uh to what's going to be happening around this area we got about five minutes left before the show's over and uh you know this is the site for the san hokrang festival and all the viewing will happen here so let's fill us in on what's going to be happening right here well the san hill crane festival is coming up on the 18th and 19th that saturday and sunday and and we're really based out of the birchwood school everyone knows the birchwood school um as the old school uh there in town right off highway 60 right off highway 60 and uh there are vendors set up there uh miss linda and basic the birchwood area society improvement council um provide food in the cafeteria and coffee folks come in cold from bird watching and and grab something warm to, uh, and warm up there mm -hmm. uh, vendors will be there with various bird watching um, um, paraphernalia to sell you know and then uh, we'll be there twra and tva joins us they're a big partner for us in many ways and then um I should go back and say the the whole uh, weekend is funded by Olin. They've been so gracious year after year in providing funding, uh, not only to bring in a speaker, which is Jamie Federson from our office again. He, he'll be joining, a, joining us to talk about this bird mm -hmm. uh, in detail so folks can really learn the natural history of the bird. But then we also bring in a great entertainment like the American Eagle Foundation. Okay. And every year they join us with their live birds. The raptor show. That's always oh the, my gosh. <laughs> the one people want to see. It is a highlight. So you'll see a big rush on the buses. Um, so, so the school's set up in that way with some live entertainment. 
uh, Second Nature band out of Nashville. A great band out of Nashville. I know, <laughs> our beloved, many beloved uh, former employees and current employees with TWRA. Uh, we just love them for the work they do and their willingness to join us every oh, yeah. year at the festival. Speakers and, and then the American Eagle Foundation is there on both days. But along with that, they can catch the bus to uh, visit Miss Nancy at the Cherokee Removal Memorial. And it is a, it is a beautiful, beautiful location for many reasons. To learn the history of the Cherokee peoples, and then also it is just beautiful naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have uh, volunteers with birding scopes there, and then the bus also comes here to the refuge. You can't drive straight out here. <laughs> yeah. It's a refuge for a reason, and we right. could never open it up to that many cars. And we've had thousands and thousands of visitors uh, during that weekend. Uh, lively time. So fun. just so people are clear, uh, the parking that's here for the, the viewing tower is not open during that time. It it's is. All the parking is out at the school. Yes. Everybody needs to come straight to the school, and there are free buses. It's a, a free event, 100% free. And um, so the buses will actually take them to the removal memorial, and the buses will come here to the refuge. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, – uh, yeah, so if you're going to come out here during the week before the, before the festival or afterwards, you can always come up here to the tower and, and, and park here and, yes. and see the birds. But during that time, make sure you go by the school and check out the events that's happening there and yes. all kinds of good stuff going on that week, Yeah, the, that weekend. Um, the American Eagle Foundation is always a highlight for us. Uh, they tend to bring a couple bald eagles with them. They fly a few birds. I'm not going to say what kind. It's not the bald eagle, but they fly a few birds right over the crowd. Mm-hmm. It is, they're just uh, the oohs and ahs of that day are so much fun <laughs> yeah and i don't know if you mentioned the tennessee ornithological society they're going to be with us this year uh, the chattanooga chapter is coming up to help us set up scopes and we have some other volunteers that come and set up scopes they actually will keep species listed at, at uh, both locations the cherokee removal uh, memorial and here at the refuge uh, and we watch it's fun to watch that species count go up each year and mm-hmm. it's fun they the two locations tend to have a little bit of a competition going to see who sees uh, the most species um, so we talk about sandhill cranes, and it is the sandhill crane festival. But uh, we we always see bald eagles that weekend there because it's a refuge and the water's behind us. We see countless uh, types of waterfowl too. Whooping cranes, we see a lot of those things. Like. Yeah, the yeah, at least endang- one or two. Yeah, the endangered whooping crane makes uh, an appearance typically at least once during the weekend. Um, and we'll have scopes set up for visitors that if they if you don't own binoculars, it doesn't matter. There'll be scopes here and, and many volunteers to help you identify birds. Awesome. Awesome. Anything you want to add before we get out of here, David? Yeah, uh, just a last call for citizen science. I forgot to add um, looking for locations. We have a project on the loggerhead shrike and what that bird is, it's it's a passerine bird, but it acts more like a raptor and so um, we're looking for any types of sightings. They look similar to a mockingbird. But um, what's really interesting about them is they'll take their prey and impale it on barbed wire or some sort of thorn. And, you know, I'm just looking for any types of sightings. They can just email me. So they're going to be seen maybe on fence rows, things like that. In yeah, fields. old fields, yeah. Can okay. folks find more information at tnwildlife.org on that? We'll bird? make it available. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, there, you heard it here. Uh, so, David, I thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank Mimi, you. thanks for co hosting. Thanks to Nancy for, for being on at the beginning of the show. And uh, if you want to, Learn more about uh, wildlife, tnwildlife.org is a great place to do it. So, uh, and come out and see the Crane Festival. And, uh, yeah, Be a part of that. Come on out. It's such a fun weekend. I look forward to it. We're gearing up. Rattle off those dates. Uh, January 18th and 19th. 18th and 19th. So uh, we'll see you then, hopefully, and uh, 
just a reminder real quick, the Tennessee On The Go mobile app is available. Make sure you check that out uh, at the App Store or Google Play Store. Uh, a lot of new features, uh, great new design, and uh, it should be more user-friendly for the, for the hunter and the angler and the bird watcher, so uh, go check it out. Um, well, I guess that's all we got today. Yeah, yeah thanks, great. Jason. Uh, thank you all for tuning thanks, in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all for being a part of the show, and we'll, uh, we'll see you all next time right here on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.